Good morning. Today is Tuesday, October 19th, 2021. I'm your host, Evan George, and welcome to Bostopia News. And here's what's happening in the news today. A new poll by Suffolk University, the Boston Globe, and NBC10 shows that Michelle Wu is maintaining her massive lead of over 30 points above Anissa Sabi George. The poll also gives a lot of great data on some important policies. One that is a little bit more abstract and ideological is 48% of respondents said that Boston needs a thoughtful incremental change towards a better future versus the 36% who supported bold transformational change. And while that is disheartening and points to just how tough the political terrain is for leftist candidates, 60% of respondents said that they favored rent control and roughly only 30% said that they oppose it. In 2017, Marty Walsh passed a law which required the city's largest development projects to have hiring percentages for women and people of color. However, a review has shown that none of the city's projects hit that standard for women and less than one-third met that standard for hiring people of color. Also, the amount of local participation went from 48% of the total hours in 2017 and decreased 24% in 2020, which is less than half of what the city's benchmark is at 51% local hiring. This points to a much larger problem with political benchmarks in that if they are not enforced, if there are not penalties or consequences then all they are is imaginary dream boards. And this is my largest concern where it comes to issues like climate change. And while I mentioned the 2017 is when the city upped its goals, Boston has had in place policies like this since 1983. While it was reported yesterday that 5,000 state employees were not in compliance with the vaccine mandate, New numbers being reported in today's Globe state that nearly 1,600 state employees have not proven they've been vaccinated against COVID, the exact number being 1,571. And it is unclear how many of that number will actually face consequences. So now it appears that roughly 95% of workers, including state contractors, are in compliance. This much better than the 89% that was reported on yesterday. However, I am getting lost in tracking these numbers as the Massachusetts Correction Officers Federated Union, which represents 4,000 employees that sued that tried to get out of this mandate, reported that they have 1,400 correction officers who are unvaccinated as of Wednesday of last week. And I can't imagine that one organization has 1,400 that are out And yet all of Massachusetts comprises just 171 employees that are not vaccinated. If again, you're following along with the math. It is also unclear if state police will be exempt from the suspensions, as there are still 299 troopers who are unvaccinated as of last week. I think it's important to track who is being held accountable and who isn't, and I'm going to do the best that I can. The Boston Health Commission is investigating some of the illnesses that I was reporting on earlier this week being found throughout Mass and Cass. 
as conditions there continue to deteriorate because of failed policies and inhumane treatment. It appears that the bacterial infection, and I'm going to do the best I can with this, leptospirosis is what is being found in rats in that area and actually poses a threat to dogs and can be fatal if left untreated. Now, our primary concern is with the people who are being forced to sleep on the street rather than the empty hotel across the street that, again, a nonprofit was willing to manage and provide housing and treatment for. And the more that I read about this rat-borne bacteria, the more it jumps out to me how little it discusses the people who live in that community rather than just the threat to dogs. There are two bills currently in darkroom conversations at the State House that I want to make sure people are aware of. The first is an attempt to get rid of the sub-minimum wage that some employees here in Massachusetts, most notably service staff, receive, the $5.55 an hour rate, and to get them up to the actual minimum wage, which is scheduled to be $15 an hour by 2028. Now, in 2018, when they attempted this, they decided to maintain the sub-minimum wage level and instead raised it to $6.75 per hour by 2023, which is, of course, ridiculous. But actions are underway. And the second bill about our offshore wind might attempt to remove the electricity price cap that Massachusetts put in place, basically setting a very firm rate for how much you can charge for electricity using wind farms and then requiring every future wind farm to come in under that rate to, again, possibly get rid of that and instead provide other incentives and or requirements, such as allowing for higher prices of electricity in order for wind farms to have more development within the state itself which is something that both New York and New Jersey passed. So we will keep an eye on this, and I will continue to further point out exactly why having a for-profit model for utilities and our green infrastructure is not going to solve the larger problem and is only going to doom us towards ecological and societal collapse. All right, that was a funny way to do my coffee sip, but let's go with it. I'm very exhausted. I'm sure everyone knows, 14 days to go. I probably will not be able to do a night show until the day after the election, but hope everyone's doing well, and as always, have a great rest of your day.